Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong Giants fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back. This is Ben Henry, your esteemed host of Giant Cocktails. I forgot to say Giant Cocktails. I I always say, welcome back to Giant Cocktails. And then I say my name. You've only been doing this for like 25 weeks in a row. Uh, Actually, no, Matthew. Today is episode 26, Matthew. Episode 26. Yes, but before we get to that, I've got to... Yes, and you are Matthew Henry, my esteemed brother. My esteemed brother. I like how I've become esteemed during this podcast. Like I've yeah. never, I was never esteemed before, but now yeah, this it's podcast, only the past couple of weeks that you've been esteemed. <laughs> yeah, I had to work uh, my way up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've, yeah, I finally give you a promotion. I've given you a promotion. But on on that note, Matthew, um, remote workers or in the office workers? Well. I hate to be the guy to say it depends, but it really does depend. I mean, you know, I I run a business where you, you can't really have remote people. And so in that case, I'm all for people coming in, vaccinated, by the way. Uh, and uh, but you know, I fully get it. if you don't have to come into an office, then stay home. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's t- it's, it's hard to make and sell burritos from your home office. Exactly. I, yeah, yeah. The so carne asada is not going to cook itself. Correct. If you got a burrito truck, then you got to, you got to, yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't ship that over the internet. Uh, uh, uh. You can order it over the internet, but, but no. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah you, you play yeah. with, you know, zeros and ones. So you're, I do you're play with zeros and ones. Uh, I am definitely pro, pro remote. Yes, absolutely. I'm a big believer in the remote workforce. Anyway, Matthew. It is episode 26. That's like half a year. Yes, we are half a year old. We have been doing this for half a year, which is a significant portion of our lifetimes. I won't tell people exactly how much because that's embarrassing. Yeah, it would be embarrassing. But I, I can't actually think of too many things that I've done for 26 weeks in a row. Like, I, it's that, that's a significant thing. I It is. It is, like, and I, I want to thank the San Francisco Giants for being so darn good and making it so easy. That's right. And also, I'd like to thank alcohol for being alcohol <laughs> and just, making that so darn easy. That's right. Thank Jack and Jim and... <laughs> Jack and Jim. <laughs> Evan. That's right. <laughs> All fine men. All fine men. Anyway, sorry. Yes. Um, but enough talking about ourselves. The San Francisco Giants, Matthew, went four and two this week, sweeping the now pathetic and hopefully just out of their misery New York Mets, who, after getting swept by the Giants, have now reduced themselves to booing their own fans. <laughs> I, I saw the headline pop up on that, and I was like, I'm, I'm not even going to. 
click on that. I, no, I totally read that article. Oh, gosh, <laughs> such so much fraud and shoid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, you know, and I didn't care about the New York Mets until they couldn't beat the Dodgers, and then I just despised them. And now I, I've watched, you know, I'm like, okay, after playing 13 games against the Dodgers and the Giants, the Mets have declared, we are not good enough to be in the postseason. And good riddance. Yeah. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. So after sweeping those guys, the Giants unfortunately lost the series in Atlanta against the first place Atlanta Braves, taking one out of three yes. for a record of one and two. Very good. Thank you. You've been Thank practicing, you. haven't you? I have been practicing. I have, I, I'm not going to lie. In that moment, I almost said taking one out of two. I almost did. Caught yourself, though, so that's good. I did catch myself. Um, yeah, so, and today, I mean, it was an interesting series against against the Braves. You know, I, I think we learned, yes, that is a very, very tough team. And and if the Giants end up do facing them in the playoffs, that is going to be a, a tough series. But what was really interesting, I thought, about the series was that we took what I think was our first really notable tactical loss. And I think we can talk about that a little bit later, but... Anyway, the Giants are now 84 and 46. 84 wins, Matthew. You said they were going to get 86 wins. You're going to miss that by a mile. I hope you were so. so wrong. You were so wrong. You were so wrong. So wrong. Let's not talk about your prediction. What, what are you talking about? I was the first one to get it right. Yeah, yeah, right. It's what, 79, 80 wins? What was it? I said 79 wins, and they did that a week ago. Where have you been? What have you done? You still haven't hit your mark. And you're going to miss it by so much. So much. I'm, I'll Moving ha- on. I'm gladly. Moving gladly. on. <laughs> Moving on. The lead over the Dodgers remains two and a half games for the best record in the National League West, the best record in all of baseball, uh, and obviously the best record in the National League, therefore. And I really don't know how many games in front of the San, uh, the San Diego Padres the Giants are, but that's how many games they have a playoff spot by. It's a lot. I think it's 14. Is it 15? Eleven and a half plus, uh, I think it's thirteen and a half, something like that. Well, there you have it. Matthew says it's thirteen and a half, so it must be right. I looked it up earlier, but I honestly can't remember now. But so. you can't remember it. Yeah, who it's... cares? It's just the Padres. <laughs> and but anyway, that's how things stand on the baseball side. But it's time. It's time, Bob. That's right. Ask Matthew the question. What are you drinking? Well, thank you, Bob, for asking. Uh, you know, actually, I was, I've was i been really excited to share my drink this week because I've been working on what's called a shrub, which is basically a, a drinking vinegar. Very simple. It's basically got equal parts vinegar and sugar. And, uh, and then you can add in fruit into the mixture and you let it sit and or there's two ways of doing it. Actually, you can cook it. Uh, which is what I did, uh, or you can, uh, you can like if you're using strawberries, you can let it macerate in sugar and then just dump that into it. But anyway, you can let it what macerate? I hope I had that word right. Yeah, that's why I said that. Okay, because you know I I've been known to get some words wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. It's when the strawberries get all gooey and and excrete their juices and stuff in the sugar. I think that's. It's a cooking term that I learned from Guy Fieri. I know. I was just doing a thing. I think some of our listeners probably got it. Keep going. Okay. All right. Thank you. So anyway, 
so I've been working on this shrub because you know I have, I've learned that this is kind of a fun way of integrating some new flavors into cocktails, and I was really curious about it. And you know, the, the bar that I talk about quite often has a whole series of, of cocktails that include shrubs, and so I uh, I wanted to try my own. So I made a blood orange shrub that consists uh, actually it's a blood orange ginger shrub. And so it consists of champagne, vinegar, and sugar, and 100 milliliters of uh, vinegar, 100 milliliters of sugar, and then I put in 300 milliliters of the shrub. And I used a shrub puree that you can get from um, in the freezer section at, uh, near all the frozen foods. And, uh, and so I used that, and I threw in some freshly peeled ginger, and I boiled it. I brought it up to a boil it for about a minute and then just turned it off and let it cool on its own and then I strained it and you have this 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 shrub that will stay good for quite a bit of time because the vinegar um, you know keeps it uh, stable so so anyway so that's a long story short of saying that I use this shrub in this cocktail and the cocktail uh, that I that I brought up to that I brought today I had to give it a name and uh, you know so I went with the bloody giant August. And it's not the most eloquent name, I know, but it was, it kind of personifies this month. You know, the, the drink itself is strong, but sweet, you know, because we did go like 19 and 6 in the month of August. But it does have a bit of bitterness at the end. And, and I felt like that was, you know, emblematic of our series against uh, the Braves, particularly today. So, so that's what it is. I'm going with it. Bloody Giant August. And what this drink consists of is it's got two ounces of gin, and I chose a floral, like, botanical gin, uh, and uh, two ounces of gin, and I have half a teaspoon of absinthe. And I was actually really nervous about that, but it does send uh, a really nice flavor into this cocktail. Then I used an ounce of the shrub that I made, quarter ounce of lime juice, and a dash of Peychaud's bitters. And then I sh oh, And then I shook all that up in a cocktail shaker with ice, strained it into a rocks glass with ice, and then finished it off with a splash of ginger beer on top. And uh, I got to say, I really like this. I'm, I'm patting myself on the back for this one because it's, uh, it's really smooth. It's got a nice balance to it. It does have a little bit of kick at the end from the shrub, uh, but not too heavy. And yeah, I'm, I'm really liking this. And I've been sitting here looking at it for a long time, and now I'm going to take a drink. Very nice. Very nice. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. <laughs> Why, thank you, Bob. It was a tasty cocktail. <laughs> and so... Well, I mean... Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I well, want to hear your I, reaction. What do you think? I mean, that that was... a That was... I mean, that's elaborate. That, that's a lot. I mean, you, first of all, you made your own shrub, which is an interesting thing to begin with. I, I think historically shrubs were were popular because they were a good way to to um uh to I, I think mask some foul flavors that might be coming with your spirits that had been shipped over from the new world 
I think. Like, it was a good way to, like, take, make bad-tasting alcohol taste better. I also read, yeah, I think you're right, but I also mm-hmm. read that um, it was a good way of preventing scurvy, because you could put... Uh, oh, yeah, that makes you, sense. You that could, makes uh, sense. could have the, the citrus fruits in there. And... Right, right. I, I think as a standalone drink, which they are, they are a standalone drink, and you, you know, I, I think they became popular amongst, uh, you know, Northern California types. We would just call them average people on the street. I think the rest of the country would call them, you know, nuts and granola type people were drinking these because like drinking a vinegar fruit cocktail seems like I don't know it's going to clean out your colon or something right right so it's kind of got this weird like nouveau hippie kind of like health drink kind of thing um, but like all good beverages it's always better when it's paired with alcohol and so the one thing I would say to most people is like, you don't actually have to make your own shrub like Matthew did. You just go to like a Whole Foods or some other, you know, Wait, nuts really? and granola. Correct. You could just they buy sell it? These, you could buy, sh- yes, you can buy shrubs. Then why did I make like, mine then? Because you're a doofus. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you did this. They sell the Matthew at the grocery store. What I'm saying is it's a nice way to pair it with something like a vodka or a white rum, uh, which creates a it's a very quick and uh, but also fun and, um, you know, somewhat uh, uh, sophisticated cocktail flavor in a very quick and easy way. So that's a really easy way to get it done. You obviously went for a very layered approach and created a very, you know, sophisticated and advanced cocktail. Anything that gets topped off with ginger beer, it gets a it gets a positive vote in my book. So um, I'm not going to make that one at home. It just sounds like way too much work. <laughs> way too much work for me. But thank you for, for sharing that. And that sounds, that sounds fantastic. You, know, you don't have to get the exact thing, but I'm saying don't be afraid of gin, absinthe, and a shrub. I think, you know... Those three things, uh, I think. Yeah, don't be afraid of gin. Don't be afraid of gin. Why would you be? I mean, don't be afraid of, of absinthe. You know, I mean, absinthe is just licorice flavored alcohol. First of all, yes, but it, a little that, does go that's... a long way. So start small and then add. Yeah, it's of, strongly flavored. It's the, strongly the first flavored. time I added like a like a tablespoon, and boy, that was that yeah. was too much. Oh, yeah. well, so I, I mean, got down yeah, to half abs- a teaspoon. So that tells you like how much I had to kind of. A lot, a lot of uh, a little absinthe goes a long way. But but yeah, but don't be afraid of it for sure. Don't be afraid of it uh, for whatever rumors you've heard about. You know, what is it? Uh, what are you who's... drinking? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. I <laughs> guess I'll stop talking little, about yeah, Bob was getting a little Matthew's excited there, cocktail sorry. and just talk about my. <laughs> well, as we know, uh, I I stupidly made a revision uh, earlier in the season to my um, my guesses as to how many games Logan Webb was going to win and how many home runs Buster Posey was going to win. Um, by combining them into a single single prediction and then offering to allow the gods to choose my cocktail on a weekly basis every time one of them hit a home run or or got a win. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's been like, what, 20,000 weeks in a row now where either one of those things has happened. <laughs> right. Both of them happened this past week, so I will be rolling again at the end of today's show. Uh, but... Before uh, last week's show, uh, I believe Logan Webb had a win. And so that is why this week I am drinking yet another Mixology Dice Crafted Cocktail. We agreed that it was going to be a swizzle. Now, the hallmark of a swizzle is uh, a base spirit sweetened by some kind of sweetener with some citrus in it. And then really the hallmark of it, though, is actually how it's chilled. 
So you take a Collins glass, you fill it with a bunch of crushed ice, and then you basically stir the snot out of it until the glass become the glass becomes frosty cold, right? So that it can you know you get condensation on the outer on the outside of the glass, and then the condensation gets so cold cold that it turns to ice. Um, traditionally, this is made with rum and simple syrup and lime, but my spirits were uh, brandy. Uh, creme de cassis. And then for the citrus, I got um, orange juice. Oh, yeah. And then a hallmark of a swizzle that's topped off by bitters. And so I rolled cherry bitters. So I believe the base recipe for the mixology dice said I was supposed to use two parts brandy, one part creme de cassis, one part orange juice, and then three dashes of cherry bitters. Put that into a Collins glass, stir it up until the ice is chilled, and then enjoy. I made that cocktail. So first of all, I had no idea what creme de cassis was last week. And I was super worried that it was going to be one of these bitter, like, you know, dark, you know, I don't know, in the, in the like, Frenet or Campari or, you know, something like that along that nature. And uh, I, it turns out I was completely and totally wrong. Uh, creme de cassis is a very, very sweet black currant liqueur that almost comes out of the bottle like a syrup. It, it, it reminds the consistency thick. reminds me of uh, cough syrup, like it comes out. Yeah, of cough syrup. yeah, and it's interesting that you say that because the recipe, as I just described to you, Matthew, that's what it tasted like. Oh no, really? <laughs> yeah, it tasted like cough syrup, and uh, um, it wasn't. It it wasn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. I I um, it was cold. And it was sweet, but it had this very, very distinctive um, uh, cough syrup aftertaste. And I played around with the, you know, so I just made the cocktail blind the first time and just went for it. And so then after that, I was a little confused because, you know, I tasted all of the ingredients separately. I was familiar with all of them and I couldn't really understand where this cough syrupy taste was coming from. I mean, I knew primarily it was coming from the creme de cassis, but by itself, the creme de cassis was just... Very, very sweet. And I got to tell you, this is a an acquired taste, the creme de cassis. If you are not into sweet cordial type stuff, avoid it. Um, if you are into that stuff and you've never had it, then I think you at least have to give this a try because it is, um, it is very, very sweet. <laughs> it is very, very sweet. Um, and uh, so obviously that's where kind of the base flavor was coming from. But I couldn't quite tell where the sort of aftertaste of the cough syrup was coming from. Got to be the bitters. I suspect... Well, I suspected the I suspected the either the brandy or initially because of the alcohol right. or the or the bitters uh, the cherry bitters, and um, I'm still not quite sure where that came from. What I ended up doing to repair that was I actually just ended up cutting back on the creme de cassis. So in my final recipe, I went with half an ounce of creme de cassis and I replaced the syrup with uh, simple syrup. So just a half an ounce of simple syrup to keep the ratio the same because I didn't do my research on swizzles and that did seem to be the fairly standard yeah. ratio. I think I could have kept that a little bit lower though because traditionally it's coupled with a sour citrus like a lemon or a lime. I had orange juice in there, which 
you know, is a little acidic, but it's not that acidic. It's got that and sweetness it, to it. Yeah. It's got that sweetness to it as well. And I think actually that was contributing a little bit to the, uh, to the, um, it was the orange flavor kind of sitting underneath that I think was helping add to that, um, cough syrupy flavor. But, and so then I did that with cherry bitters and that was a lot better, but it was still kind of meh and it was still kind of just, it just tasted sickly sweet to me. Right. And so my last version was, I just said, you know what? I mixology dice F you. I'm, I'm just going to do, <laughs> I'm going to swap you out for some Angostura bitters because one of the things that I know about Angostura bitters is, is that actually it, it's like a sort of cocktail repairer, right? And if you have a cocktail that's just not tasting good, like if you want to kind of like salvage it, you just throw in some Angostura bitters. So that's what I did. I tossed in three dashes of Angostura bitters on top instead of the cherry bitters. And and I will say, actually, first of all, that really did alleviate the... Um, that combined with the, the the reduced creme de cassis really uh, did alleviate the the, the cough medicine uh, flavor. And then once I stirred in the Angostura bitters, because the way I made it is the first thing is I, I put all of the other ingredients together and then just swizzled the, 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 the snot out of the drink to get the ice on the outside. And then I topped that off. After that, I put the bitters on top of that. While I was drinking it, I would stir that in. And then once it was stirred in, the cocktail really became something very, very drinkable. I don't think this was a great thing, but I think it was it was an okay thing. I, I really do think it was just way too many sweet profiles with not enough balance in there. And so it just really came off as, as sickly sweet with a little bit of alcohol thrown in there. So, you know, like I said a couple of weeks ago, the mixology dice giveth and sometimes they taketh away. And today <laughs> they definitely taketh. They taketh, it, they taketh my the cocktail away from me. So thanks for nothing, Buster and Logan. That's right. Well, the good news is you get to roll them again. At the end of this yeah, episode. well, and the worst thing is, is that they're on twenty-four. <laughs> yeah, right. You said twenty-five, you're going to be done. I have twenty-five. I get to stop doing this. And Buster so decided that means... he was going to stop hitting home runs after his first one. Well, um, but he hit one uh, early the day right? before yesterday. Yeah. Well, I thought he or did he hurt one early? Hit one early. Yeah, he hit one early in the week. You're yeah. right against the Mets. You're yeah. right. And anyway, so they're close. They're close. And what this does mean is I only have one more mixology dice co cocktail to make. Well, I have two more. I guess I have two more co mixology cocktail to make. Otherwise, I get to make my own. All right. But, you know, we've only got like a month of the regular season left. So I don't know. But anyway, there right. you have it. Uh, uh, the um, what am I going to call this? I'm going to call it the um, the the um, the busted swizzle. The busted swizzle. All right. Well, enough about alcohol. We've been talking a lot about that, but we, we got baseball to talk about and Particularly, you know, a quick review of the week. What did we learn this week? Uh, anything, uh, you know, uh, we'll start with the Mets. As you said, they, you know, they, they were kind enough to continue their awful play with us that they, they you know, were showing with the Dodgers. So, uh, you know, we, we started off with a really nice win on game one. A uh, couple of, uh, you know, well, it's highlighted by, by Belt's two home runs. Uh, right. And, uh, yeah, his two home runs under what nobody knew at the time, very emotionally trying circumstances for him. Yes. Um, right. As he, as he sort of broke away, to the yeah. world when he was talking to Greg Papa at the end. I gotta uh, tell you, too, I, 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 
I, I guess I haven't really heard him speak much because I didn't realize he had such a Southern drawl. Like I, like, Brandon Belt. Yeah. Like I, I oh, guess I haven't really heard yeah. too many interviews with him. No, he doesn't talk a ton, but yeah, I mean, I've heard him throughout the years. Yeah. He's a good Texas boy. Yeah. He's a good old country boy. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But that was, I mean, that was really interesting. And then I ended up reading an article about that a little bit later that really went into more detail about how important she was along with uh, her husband, his grandfather, um, in in sort of um, supporting his career, especially on the financial side. Right. Because playing playing baseball is an expensive thing to do, especially if you're an elite youth player. You have to it's an expensive thing to do. And, and it sounded like they contributed a lot on that side, which really, you know, helped him, you know, become the player that that that, that he is today. And so so that was a, it was a significant thing for him. And it was it was kind of touching to to hear him talk about that. And um, and yeah, and a really nice story. You know, I, I mean, I think I mean, at the, you know, he, you know, he didn't he wasn't he wasn't asking for sympathy and didn't want sympathy. And so but but I think obviously we all we all feel for him and. And I think it's really important to I think it was really nice to hear him call that out and say, this is a person that not, you know, that mattered to me, obviously, as a family member. But I owe so much to them and I want to I want to thank them for being such a great person in my life. So well, yeah. that was nice. And well, I was glad that he was able to do that. Totally. And and you're right. I mean, baseball, elite baseball is really expensive. So let's here's to uh, kids that couldn't hit, uh, uh, you know, our, our sons, you know, both of them. Uh, could not, uh, could not hit. So we didn't have to pay all that money for, uh, for, yes. for travel ball yes. and all that. That was, yes. I thank my son for being good at science and knowing all the names of the dinosaurs and not being good at baseball, even though I forced him to play for three years. That's right. My son can tell you everything you need to know about Apple products or Tesla. Uh, and we'll probably end up working for one of those companies someday, but, uh, yeah. It doesn't matter that he can't hit a fast fastball. So anyway, all right. And, you know, some of the other things that came out of that thing, Yaz, you know, I thought was interesting. Yaz was the first uh, giant to get to 20 home runs. We lead the majors in home runs, almost 200 of them now, I think, or 190 something, I think, at this point. Uh, And yet Yaz has been was the first one to hit 20. And and what's interesting about that is, yeah, he's had a down year. Right. I mean, you by his standards. Right. And, yes, and, I, I think that's the key part by his standards. Right, and and so it's been hard to realize that he's you know, had a really good year, and and yeah, and I think he still is the same player in a lot of ways. You know, I, I think that's something important to remember. I I still have confidence that he will continue to be a, a good player going forward, and and he has been a contributor this year. Right, yeah. maybe not the star that he was for the last two seasons. But, you know, I think that's partly a, a reason why the Giants are so much better is because he doesn't have to be the only guy anymore. Right. Yeah, he doesn't. And so, yeah, so that was that was a good opening game. Um, I do want to mention one more thing about that opening game. Yeah. Because it was very I went I went off last week <laughs> on 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 one Gabe Kapler and the powers that be for managing that one loss they had against the Mets this year so poorly. And I just want to say that this game, in many ways, was a redemption game for both Sammy Long and Gabe Kapler. So congratulations, Sammy, on not looking like a replacement player in that particular game and going and pitching more than two innings. Gabe Kapler, thank you for letting him pitch more than two innings. And uh, hey, Gabe Kapler, congrats on having players left over at the end of the game. <laughs> that was really nice to see, buddy. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for letting that happen. Oh, right. well, you know, Ed, I mean, Long... Uh, I was a little nervous 
about anytime you have long, you know, start. I figured like my my I think I I was certain that it was going to be like Long was going to pitch like two and a third innings, and then we were going to have like Alvarez pitch like two innings, and then it was going to be you know handing off to Latell, and then it was going to be handing off to Watson, and then it was going to be handing off to Rogers. We'll hand off to McGee, and that's how we were going to get through nine innings. And then the pessimist in me was like, and then McGee's going to give up a game winning home run in the bottom of the ninth, and we're going to lose. Uh, so for me. You know, and it was it was nice to have a nice, comfortable eight to nothing win. And Long pitched like a guy that uh, he didn't look like a replacement player. He didn't look like a guy that was you know plugging in. You know, he looked like a a starter. And no, he did. He pitched a really, really good game and looked like the guy that so many fans you know had hoped he would be. That was a great game for him. Great game for him. Absolutely. Well then, so that was so that was game two or game one rather on Tuesday, and then um, and then we went into game th- uh, game two on Wednesday. Uh, I'm trying to actually kind of remember. Um, I, I seem to remember I, okay, there being some okay. bullpen struggles, but I can't remember exactly now. What, what there happened. were some bullpen struggles. Uh, okay, so first of all, I believe this was the game where your least favorite reliever came in with the bases loaded. And then let nobody score, saving the day. And That's like right. the hero he one stud pitch. that he has been. Did he throw only one pitch? I want to say he did. Uh, Alvarez, yep. One pitch in that game. He came in, got yeah. one out, one pitch, and he was yeah. done. Because the man is a superhero. <laughs> the man is our good. best reliever when runners are on in that mid game. Like he's the guy that you come bring in. To save you from disaster, but it's only the fifth inning. That is Jose Alvarez right now. And he has been absolutely a stud in that role. Jose Alvarez, you're the best. I, so I, glad you're on our team. I, and I, I know I think I did a mea culpa earlier, but I, I doubled down on that. I mean, I'm so thankful that we have him. I mean, he struggled early on, but uh, boy, I mean, since the All-Star break, I, I, don't even, I don't think he's given up an earned run. Like in his last, like, I don't know, there's been a lot of outings. I mean, he's... He has been uh, an amazing uh, addition to our. Well, he's been the reason that our bullpen. Addition, I think, been, yeah. Yeah, he's been an addition. Yeah, I think he's the, been he's been the reason why our bullpen has been as strong as it has. I mean, he, you can kind of think of him like an addition, right? Yeah, from well, that time when he was not good to the point where yes, he has been good. Yes. <laughs> hey, uh, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. Water under the bridge. Oh, yeah. Well, and and man, I mean, so yeah, he got one out in that game, but it was a big one, right? And, yes. Uh, Yes. And then Leon and Rogers were total studs and McGee got into a bit of trouble, but I think not all by his own making. I think there was an error in there. Uh, And, and he was Was the one where Dickerson and Slater ran into each other. Yeah. Yes, that is right. They, so they dropped the ball and then the last two at bats were just insane. Like the number of pitches, uh, and with two strike counts and, and McGee was absolutely, you know, um, his you know mentally tough. He was totally he was totally uh, able to take it and get through it, and and he got the save right. And uh, you know, yeah. yoo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, and that's all that matters, right? It, it, right. Yeah, and yeah, I think even earlier in that in that inning, Belt dropped a pot fly uh, foul ball that was a uh, you know that he should have caught. That and then the next pitch uh, was a single. You know, so right. yeah, McGee had to work around a lot in that inning. Um, right. So, you know, he, and he did. So that was, you know, it was uh, a, a breath of, you know, a big sigh of relief, I think, at the end of that game. But, you know, torture baseball, baby. And then in game three, Alex Wood 
did enough to get the win. It was, uh, what, I think they scored a couple runs early, added insurance run late, or maybe the go-ahead run late. Yep. And uh, maybe eked one out that they, they shouldn't have won, or maybe wasn't, uh, you know, a dominating win, but was enough to get the sweep. And you move on to Atlanta. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think the only thing that kind of bad that came out of that was that uh, we learned that uh, um, Solano tested positive for COVID. So I think right at, at the, as we record this, he's still in a hotel room in New York City. Um, oh, so. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, uh, but hey, we got out of there with a sweep. Most of the people moved on to Atlanta, minus Solano. Uh, and and then, uh, yeah, well, we had, we had uh, uh, I think the only thing, I mean, we obviously know what happened uh, in Atlanta, uh, but I think the one thing right. that I want to just really talk about is Logan Webb and his continued dominance. I mean, it just... Absolute stud. Oh, my gosh. And just, he looks like such a different pitcher than he did at any point in his career. I mean, the last, since the All-Star break, he has just been, it seems like he finally has believed, like I heard the announcers at some point saying that he just didn't believe that his stuff was good enough to like, you know, to, to just throw one down the middle and let them, you know, let them swing at it. And he would nibble and he would miss and he was walking people and all that earlier in his career. And that has all gone away. And now he just fired, reaches back and says, hit this. And, and they, they haven't. And, you know, all the analytics, like he was like second in the majors in fly ball ratio. Like he has a negative launch angle against him. Right. And, uh, you know, which means that people are hitting the ball into the ground more than they're hitting it into the air. Uh, just and and his slider. And, you know, he's been re- he's been earlier in the season, in the, in the preseason. We all talked about his changeup and the changeup was what you know was being compared to some of the best changeups in the in the majors and that that was the pitch. And it's still a really good, effective pitch, but his slider has become just, just wicked. And it's amazing, like when mm-hmm. when he's spotting his fastball, and then all of a sudden he follows it up with a slider that just keeps moving off the plate. These guys are like lunging for pitches that are anywhere near the strike zone, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's just got everybody on their back foot, and you know, and he's just got tremendous poise. He has utmost confidence when he's out there, and it just seems like that confidence is growing and growing. And you know, I think Gabe Kapler called out that the the bottom of the sixth inning uh, in his post uh, post game interview, but it was also something that that you know I was just I thought was a huge moment for him when it happened, which was you know the, they got into a first and third situation, I believe, with nobody out. When Flores um, threw that ball into right field, right? Yeah, exactly. And so you know, and then I. Th- you know, I, I don't remember exactly what the the sequence of events were. Well, he induced a he induced a weak uh, a weak fly ball behind second base that was caught. Well, I know I know how he got out of it, but I don't remember is how they got themselves into it. Right. Okay. Uh, right. And so, um, uh, oh yeah, it was like it was a weak it was a weak ground ball by Freddie Freeman, so that was not a legit hit. And then you have the fielder's choice where where Flores, Flores threw the ball into the outfield and the guy advanced. So there you go. I mean, Logan Webb really was an effective pitcher for the first two batters, and he had first and third with nobody out. And, and what does he do? I mean, he just he shuts him down with a weak pop-up and then a double play ball. And, and it was absolutely – it just seemed like – it was like, yeah, no big deal, right? Whatever. You know, yeah. I got you. You know, no big deal, Flores. You threw away a double play ball. Who cares? You know, I can do that again. And Flores and Webb hugged it out in the dugout afterwards, too. Yeah, well, no kidding. <laughs> Flores like, thank you, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I mean, 
it it, it takes I, I think the point is is that like you know, I mean, very easily one of those runs could have scored, right? There could have been a sacrifice fly. There could have been, uh, you know, there could have been a double play ball on, on you know, on the first at batter that could have, you know, they would have taken the double play to give up the run. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of ways that, that the Braves score at least one run in that game that would not have been Logan Webb's fault. So it's not really about the fact that he gave up zero runs. I think it's the fact that he didn't implode. You know, he didn't go from feeling like, you know, he didn't let the moment carry him out of his mental groove and he just kept doing what he had been doing all game and 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 just by doing that he was able to put himself in a situation where getting it out of it was possible and i think that that just pay that just you know that just makes um i i think that just bodes really well for the postseason you know, and then I think also I heard Dave Fleming refer to the fact of like, you know, that uh, the pitchers, sorry, the teams that Logan Webb has had is he's had like 13 or 13 starts now, I think, in a row where he's given up two earned runs or less. Yeah, That has been against teams like the Braves, the Brewers, the Dodgers, the A's, you know, the Astros. I don't know if he pitched against the A's, but the Astros, you know, I mean, he's been doing this against really, really good teams, the best teams in baseball. And uh, and he has been dominating them. And I think, you know, yes, I, I think he's he's our best pitcher right now. And he probably will be going into the postseason. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Like, uh, is 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 do you start in the postseason? To, is Webb your number one? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I, I, think, I he is. think so, too. Yeah. 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 And, and I don't see any reason why you wouldn't do it that way. Yeah, and a few weeks ago I would have said no. I would have said Gosman was still, um, thing, but I think Webb right. has, has proven that you know, especially after what you just right. said, right? He's done it against the best, so why not? Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, you mentioned today, you know, it was kind of a throwaway game. Uh, I thought that was interesting. I, you know, and I I got clued in on that when they let Logan Webb. I mean, uh, when they let um, Long uh, hit. Uh, semi long, yeah. yeah semi long hit, uh, you know, for the first time, and you know, instead of uh, pinch hitting, yeah, that's for him. definitely not a move that Gabe Kapler would ever do, right? Right, right. He so never it, lets pitchers. So hit. I was like, oh, he well, never lets long as hitting, hit. we, we're mailing this in now. I mean, this is it. Yeah, and uh, and and then they poor made poor Sammy Long just go out there and just take it, right? I mean, it was. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and this was a ta- it was a tactical loss. The Giants game today was a tactical loss and it didn't start out that way. Right. It, you know, when when Desclafani got into trouble, which I, I'm not too worried about. I mean, he just came off the DL. He maybe just got a little bit fatigued. That's what I'm chalking this, you know, that 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 Desclafani ending up to. But suddenly they were down three to nothing. Right. And and Sammy Long came in. He shut the door, which was a really good thing to see. And then he pitched pretty effectively until he, I think in the sixth, he walked two to start the inning. And then, and then, you know, I think after that, after those two walks, you know, he righted the ship in the sixth inning. And then, yeah, they kept running him out there. Um, And I think, I, I think the point was, is that once those runs came in, they absolutely made the final decision as to like, Sammy Long is going to finish this game or go as far as he possibly can. He threw 90 pitches. So. Yeah, I mean that's and that's a lot for Sammy Long, yes. right? I mean that's like that. It's probably the most he's thrown all year, and and so, you know, I, I, it, that was very much at that point in time a tactical loss where they were like, we are not going to use another person from our pitching staff in this game, and and that's why I went they went to Slater to to end the game, and that's why they let 
you know, Sammy Long give up all those runs. I mean, Sammy Long took one for the team today and it was a gutsy performance. And yeah, it wasn't dominating. But, you know, we don't expect that out of Sammy Long anyway. Right. We don't expect him to be dominating every game. I, I think he pitched two really important games this week. The win against the Mets and then letting giving the bullpen an opportunity to rest. And why do they need to rest, Matthew? Well, because they play the Brewers and the Dodgers seven straight over the next week. And uh, right. no, no rest. Because this is probably the toughest stretch of 10 games that the Giants will play and have played all season outside of the postseason. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because they just finished a three-game series against the division leaders from the East. They're now going home. They're flying, uh, you know, in the middle of the night. Uh, well, I guess in the end of the day, right? They're flying all the way back home to play a night game tomorrow against the Milwaukee Brewers, the first game in a four-game stretch. After that four-game stretch, they then play the L.A. Dodgers. That's 10 games in a row with no off days against the second-best team, the third-best team, and the fourth-best team in the National League. They are playing their three toughest opponents in the National League all in a stretch of 10 days with no days off. This is a huge stretch. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, the series against the Brewers matters because the series in, in Milwaukee was tough. And I think the Giants were lucky to win that series. And now to have to play them four in a row, that's tough. But really, does that series matter at all, Matthew? Well, yes does the next no. four games <clears throat> Do the next four games matter? Well, they matter in that it just depends on how close things are when we play the Dodgers at the end of the week. That's right. That's right. I mean, that's right. Because like, in my mind, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Giants have to win as many of those games as they can so that by the time they get to the Dodgers, they're still in first place. Right. I think yeah. that is the goal of these next four games is to stay in first place at least a game and a half ahead of the Dodgers by the time Friday rolls around. And the Dodgers but, play three against the Braves. So that uh, is true. That is true. So the Dodgers are playing a really tough team who's playing really well right now. And 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 that is good. The, the Braves are flying. The Braves are flying west right now, along with the uh, along with the Giants. But that's right. The Dodgers have a three game set against the Braves, and so um, so that you know so that's going to be a tough matchup for the Dodgers. I, I think we can count on them at least losing one of those games. Although so the, the Dodgers have Urias, Bueller, and Schertz are lined up for the three games against the uh, against the the, the Braves. Uh, so they're they're gunning for them. They're gunning for the Braves. Yeah, and then they're gonna they're gonna skip one of their rotation people on their off day so that they'll get Bueller and Urias to pitch on okay. Saturday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Bueller and Urias are kryptonite. Yes. <laughs> I mean that's right, right? I mean the Giants the Giants cannot hit the, the Giants yes. starting lineup cannot hit either of those guys. Right. So we won't see right? Scherzer. He will be the one that we won't see most likely. Are you sure? That's what are I just read sure? before. That's what I don't believe that. I don't what, believe that. That's, that's, I, I don't believe it. I don't buy right, it. You're wrong. All right. All right. You're wrong. I, I just I saw on Twitter Andrew Baggerly tweeted out an article written by an LA uh, writer that said that's what was uh, happening. That they were wow. and, that, and that David Robert Dave Roberts was quoted as saying that well Bueller and Urias will be available for the Giants as well. Wow. Okay then. Yeah. Okay then. I mean, so, great. Fine. Good. <laughs> Good. Don't give me your best. Well, I, I, I just. Yeah, I just I, don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe Dave Roberts. I saw what Dave Roberts did to the Padres this last week. <laughs> Dave Roberts got Jace Tingler fired. 
Dave Roberts got Jace Tingler fired. I, I got, for the Padres. J- Dave Roberts is the why Bruce is why Bruce Bochy is going to be the manager of the San Diego Padres next year. <laughs> From the what he just did, the way he embarrassed Jace Tingler in the series that the Dodgers and Padres just played. That's how smart of a man Dave Roberts is. I do not trust him. I don't. I, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Scherzer's not playing against the Giants. Uh huh. Believe it. Sure. Whatever it is, he's going to bring somebody else out. He's going to bring out a pitching machine that throws 130 miles an hour, and Major League Baseball is going to say it's legal. He's going to do something. <laughs> well, Dave, Dave Roberts definitely manipulated uh, some uh, some games there, especially that that what was it 14 that extra inning, 15 innings, innings 16 yeah, innings. I don't yeah. even know how long it went. He intentionally walked two guys in a row, I think twice in that game, to get to the pit the pitcher because the Padres had wasted. Uh, an uh, Marisnik as a defensive replacement, and Marisnik never batted um, because that was a stupid move by Tingler. It sounded like a move somebody else I know would make. I was going to anyway. say, yeah. That's, that's anyway, familiar. moving on. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so so that is a tough stretch that we got coming up, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, compounded by the fact that we don't have any rest. So the Dodgers have a day off uh, before uh, the right. series with, with right, us. and hence the tactical loss today. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why it's so important, it's, it's interesting to look back. Since the trade deadline, uh, where we all know that the Dodgers went all in, right? They brought in Scherzer and Trey Turner, and and it worked. They are 19-5 and five, uh, in, in the month of August right now. Yeah, they've been amazing. They've been yeah. amazing. Trey yeah. Turner and Scherzer have been absolutely... They went 12-1 and one during a stretch during that time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only yeah, problem for the Dodgers, a lot of us Giants fans out, right? Well, rightly so. I mean, right? I mean, but yeah. the the only the only uh, problem for the Dodgers is the Giants went nineteen and six. <laughs> so so thirty games later, what twenty five games later, uh, after a month after the trade deadline, and the Dodgers have made up exactly one half game, and that's because we played <laughs> another game. We played one more game than the Dodgers. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Isn't that amazing? The and Dodgers. I mean, this is the, this is what the Dodgers wanted. This is what they were talking about all year. Just wait till we get everybody healthy. Just wait till we get all our guys. And then we're like, oh, we're going to go make a huge move. We're going to throw our weight around because we're the Dodgers. And we're going to go get the best guys out there. And we're going to reload. And we're just going to just unload on those San Francisco Giants. And they did it. They did it. They they have played like absolute beasts. Every move they've made has has worked. They've dominated everybody. They've absolutely embarrassed the San Diego Padres, the team that everybody thought was the second best team in the National League and the only team that could rival them. They've done all those things. And all they've done is gain half of a game against the San Francisco Giants. Oh they, man, that warms the cockles of my heart. You know, it's the Dodgers got to be just like so frustrated. And oh, what's, super frustrated. What's interesting is yeah. that lately, and I, I didn't really go and look to li- see how well this lined up, but I'm pretty sure it seems like every time we lose, they lose, and every yep. time, and it seems like so they have had very little opportunity to actually even make up games, and we haven't had an opportunity. They only to make really up games up. when the Giants don't play. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's it. That's it. When the Giants don't play, that has been the only time they've been able to say, oh, well, at least we know we can gain on the Giants today. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is it it has been utterly astounding. And and I think that is less of it about the Sandy. Sorry, about the Los Angeles Dodgers. than it is just about how good 
this San Francisco Giants team is. Yeah. And can we this can, we, can I can I say something to all those Giants fans out there that are like just it's funny like seeing social media like we have a loss like today people are like oh my god this is the way we're going to play in the playoffs this is you know this is the sky is falling we went 19 and 6 so far for the month of August which I, I didn't even do the math but I know that I'll tell you that's significantly better than our win percentage overall we have been playing better <laughs> now than we have the entire year and people are still freaking out about like a loss and you know we're we're two and a half up on the Dodgers with about a month to play and this is what you want we want this yeah bring it Dodgers yeah that is <laughs> 19 and five Matthew is a winning percentage of almost 80 <laughs> percent. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, that's why I was a six, psychology major. I don't know the math. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's I mean, it's it, it just doesn't get better than that. And yeah, the Dodgers are good. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is one of the all time great pennant races. I mean, it's, you know, playoff races Yeah. that we're about to watch unfold. And I just you know, the thing that really the thing that really ticks me off right now is that people are still talking about the San Diego Padres as if those guys were relevant, as if they mattered. Those guys are toast. Yeah, Jace like Tingler is as good as fired. They're the sixth the, best team in the National League. Right. The only hope that the Padres have is is to help the Dodgers win the division by beating the Giants so that they can salvage a playoff spot to face the Giants in the wild card game. That is the only hope the Padres have right now. That's what they're trying to do. They have the opportunity because they have nine games against the Giants left. You know, what? What? that's what really annoys me is that at this point in time, the best the Padres can do is be spoilers and barely eke out a wild card berth so that they can play in San Francisco. That is what the Padres are working for and trying to accomplish now. A one-game playoff in San Francisco. That's the best they can hope for. And yet, and really what you have is one of the greatest division races in the history of baseball between one of the greatest San Francisco Giants. Sorry, no, 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 no. One of the greatest Giants teams of all time. I think I was reading. What, what, who, who was it? Was it Baggerly? Was it uh, no? It was Grant Brisby yep. from the Athletic who wrote a wonderful article about how um, how often and how rare these kinds of races are. And he brought up, well, my my favorite all time San Francisco Giants team, the nineteen ninety three Giants, uh, a team that did not play in the playoffs and won one hundred and three games. Um, a team that had Matt Williams, Will Clark, and Barry Bonds on it, uh, with Bill Swift and John Burkett both winning twenty plus games. Um, I think Shooter was the closer. I can't remember. I think Shooter was the closer in '93. I might be wrong, but what a team! I mean, what a great team! This team is better than that team, record-wise, and. And they're as good or better than I think any team since Christy Mathewson and Jim Thorpe were Giants. <laughs> Those are mythical, legendary names of people that didn't actually exist. That's like, you know, that's like Excalibur and uh, King Arthur. That's why it's like, that's how good of this team is. The Giants haven't been this good since King Arthur was on the team. <laughs> 
that's how good this San Francisco Giants team is. And and I just really hope that the rest of the world recognizes it. The rest of the baseball world recognizes it and gives them their due, at least during the month of September, um, as the Dodgers and Giants have this epic battle. Because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be an epic battle. And, and unfortunately, they only have three games left against each other. And that series, starting on Friday of next week, is huge absolutely huge but here's the good news if the giants can stay in first place over these next four games i think all they have to do is win one game in that series now ideally they win two because then they win the season series and win the tiebreaker if there is one but if the giants are still in first place by the time that series rolls around every win that they get in that series is a bonus and uh yeah, I mean, you know, it, wow, this next week, these next seven games, it, the, you know, we're going to know a lot. We're going to know a lot. And either it's going to be the Giants coasting toward to victory or it's going to be neck and neck. Yeah, I, th- I think next week I'm just going to bring a bottle of tequila and uh, just <laughs> do shots. <laughs> yeah, Because either celebratory that, shots or yeah. drowning my sorrow shots. I don't know which right. ones are going to be. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I think I, I, I think I think, you know, look, the Giants are not going to go. zero and seven knock on wood. Um, but, you know, we don't know whether they're going to go, you know, you know, three and four might be, you know, is not is not out outside of the realm of possibility. Uh, but if they go three and four, they'll be close. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This it'll be a close race at that point. Um. So, so yes, I think we're either celebrating or we're, we're drinking to find our fortitude That's right. for the, for the rest of September. Well, and real quickly looking at the 93 giants, Ben, so Rod Beck was the closer. They yeah, saved, shooter. Saved That's 48 yeah, I'm sorry. Games. Yes. Rod Beck. 48 shooter. games saved that day. And they only had a rotation of basically three and a half guys. They, they yeah, had... well, that's why Solomon Torres started that game against that, oh, that, that Dodgers team and, and yeah. they beat him up. Yeah. And then, yeah. You know, Dave. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Solomon Torres had eight starts, um, but the yeah. So Trevor then, Trevor Wilson was our third starter on that game and that team. Bud Black had the fourth most starts. Manager of the Rockies. Uh, oh, you know. Oh, <gasps> that's it. It's all gonna come together, Matthew. It it's all going to come together. Bud Black is going to have his opportunity to exact revenge. The Rockies, the Colorado Rockies, will win all of their remaining games against the Dodgers this season. <laughs> well, they're playing thereby like it. redeeming themselves from their 1993 ineptitude against the Atlanta Braves when they didn't win a single game. I'll take it. And if they do that, I will stop giving them a hard time. No, I won't. But. <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> it's fate, Matthew. It's going to happen. It's I, all happening. It it's is. all happening. It is because you know Bud Black is the the linchpin in all of this uh, in this universal. It comes around. Life. It's a circle. It's it a is. circle. Bud Black. You know. Everything revolves around Bud Black. Absolutely. It's strangely. Well, weirdly. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, they swept the Padres this week, so why not? Uh, why not start doing that to the Dodgers? Yeah. Well, uh, they swept the Padres this week. The Rockies? Didn't they? I think they did. No, I don't think they did. Because the Rockies played the Dodgers over the last three days, and then the Dodgers were playing the Padres for the previous series. 
So I don't think there's any way the Rockies could have played them. But I will tell you this. The Rockies went two out of three against the Dodgers in L.A. this weekend. So thank you, Colorado, already. Yes. All right. That's why the Dodgers didn't gain any ground on on the Giants on the weekend, because they also went one and two. They just went one and two against the Rockies. At okay, home. I was, I was looking at last week. So the, the okay. previous week, they got The Rockies have the been Rockies. playing better. Yeah. The Rockies have been playing better, you yeah. know, um, which, you know, is good for them. I, I, I hope they continue to be tough against the, the Dodgers. I hope they lay over for us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or roll over for us, sorry. Oh, well, Matthew, we're coming up on the end, right? On the, uh, we're almost done here. We but... are almost done, but we got a little lightning round. We got a little lightning round. All right. All right. Who's So who's asking? Who's I think answering? we just need to go back and forth on Okay. On All right. Okay. All right. All, All right. right. So for, I'll start. So yeah. today, as we record this, was the 45th anniversary of the one and only Dwayne Kuyper home run. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yeah. I saw on Twitter some of the uh, the footage of it, and it is like the choppiest, like, like old... Like I mean, it made me feel old because you know, um, forty-five years ago, I was I I was actually alive forty-five years ago, and and the footage there made it look like it was from like you know World War One. But but uh, Dwayne Kuyper hitting a home run. It was in color. It was in color, barely. Yeah. But uh, it was like that Technicolor color. But uh, it yeah. was it was in color. So forty-five years ago today, the great Dwayne Kuyper hit his one and only home run. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I just thought we should mention that. So that- yes, very, congratulations, Dwayne Kuyper, on your one and only home run—an infinite number more than I have. Um, and uh, I don't care what Javi Lopez says; it's always okay to high five yourself. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I do it all the time. All right. So all I'll right. ask you the next question. So you're okay, okay, would, okay. Would you? Who would you rather see at shortstop? Because today the Giants optioned Tyro Estrada to make room for Belt and uh, and Desclafani. Uh, yeah. To come out, and uh, so they option tomorrow. So yeah, so they they optioned. Uh, so our backup shortstops today were were Austin Slater, who ended up closing out the game on the mound, and uh, and then Fl- Wilmer Flores. So in your mind, who would you rather have at shortstop, Slater? Austin or Flores? Slater for the comedic effect, and Austin Slater because he'd probably be better. I mean, no offense against Wilmer. I I think Wilmer is a decent... I just don't think he's got the range. I think Slater would get to the balls. Whether or not he would know what to do when he got there, uh, turning a double play, knowing who to cover, getting all the shifts right. Yeah. When I saw saw that Slater was our backup shortstop, that's just... I almost wanted it to happen. Like, I just, I mean, not that you ever want anything to happen to, to Brandon Crawford, mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. I think at the end of this today's game, I would have rather seen Slater play shortstop while Brandon took a rest and then had somebody else pitch. Because well, let me know. ask you this. What if Slater had been pitching and then there had been a ground ball and Crawford had dove for it and, like, pulled a hammy? <laughs> would Slater have then gone to shortstop and Wilmer Flores would have pitched? Was Wilmer <laughs> even in the game at that point? I don't remember. I don't remember either. So but, what would have happened then? Oh, uh, at least the gods were smiling on us that way, right? So, whew, Yeah. I mean, I don't want to see either of them, quite honestly. I, 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 I'm assuming that that will be rectified tomorrow. Although I don't know. I mean, it'll have to be an injury reason to bring Estrada back at this point, right? So I guess it would be our good old buddy... Um, uh, Dubon might come back. I don't. Oh, I don't boy, know what the rules are be, about optioning up and down, up and down. But yeah, yeah. Okay, Matthew. Yes. 
the Giants have had a long history of a small team of very, very talented broadcasters working the booth. But lately, we've gotten a lot of Javi Lopez. Is it sacrilegious to like the team of Fleming and Javi Lopez? You know, if it's sacrilegious, then I'm going to hell because I really like them together. And yeah, I mean, and, and this is not to duo. say anything about Dwayne, about Kype and Krug, because those guys, well, they're the, the goats. They I are. mean, that's, there's the goats. And, and the best I love them time. and I miss them when they're not playing, you know, when they're not announcing together. It's been, it's been rough, but boy, I just sat there this weekend listening to Lopez and Fleming and they were bantering back and forth. They weren't awkward. They were, they weren't, they were like, I mean, Javi has got, he's quick witted and mm-hmm. he's smart. And he's just able to play off of, of Fleming's humor. And I yeah. really enjoyed their their back and forth today and or this weekend. And I, yeah, I think that they're great. And I think I, I hope that this continues. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. I think, I mean, Javi Lopez is just very, very good. I think it also helps that, you know, they're roughly from the same generation. Javi yeah. Lopez is a little younger than than Dave Fleming, but not by much, I don't think. Uh, and so, yeah, so they're roughly the same generation. And, uh, yeah, they really vibe really well in the booth together. I mean, Dave Fleming is really just outstanding. He is. Right? He, he always has been. But, uh, but yeah, they really do have a great chemistry. Yeah. All right, next All question. Right, so true or false, Dominic Leone should be our seventh inning guy. True. Get out of here. True. I think he's been more consistent than Watson. I, I, I mean, I just, you know, I like having Watson there. I like having him as a lefty option. I think I think he's he's great, but I think I'd rather go to Dominic Leone. All right, right well, now you're smoking crack, or you're drunk. Are you drunk? Uh, probably, but I get smarter when I'm drunk. <laughs> because it should be Watson. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then where do you put, so where do you put Alvarez in this? I mean, so Alvarez isn't coming in like, you know, he's not pitching the fifth or sixth inning. What, where, where do you put him in there? No, Alvarez. I already told you what Alvarez does. Well, you told me, but I'm trying oh, to set well, you so, up. Well, so I mean, I think I Smart mentioned guy. earlier in the show. Alvarez is the guy that you bring in when disaster is has is about to strike. He's the guy that you bring in when your entire season is on the line because it's the playoffs and it's only the fourth inning, and you need to get the next two guys out because you cannot possibly allow another run to score. That's when Jose Alvarez comes in. As terrifying as that sounds. Based on what we experienced in the beginning of this season, that is true. That is who Jose Alvarez is. That's the guy he's got to be. Everybody else lines up in a role. I would say Watson is my lefty setup guy. So I would use him when the matchups require it. Um, But otherwise, I'm going with Dominic Leone. It's Leone, Rodgers, and McGee. Because I don't have that cool closer that I really, really wanted at the end. That's what I'm going with. All right. Well, uh, okay. So I'll, I'll give you that. We, we Yeah, because now it's – so you're saying it's Dominic Leone to Rogers to McGee. And yep. we're, we're riding – that's who we're riding with. Ride or die, baby. All right. All right. The tell so. it's in the 10th or 11th, <laughs> you know, and uh, – We can't know, rely on Chitwood anymore. He got DFA'd. Chatwood. Ch- yeah, Jimmy, Chatwood. Chatwood. Jimmy, uh, he did get one other game instead of that horrible game, so I'm glad that yeah, happened. Yeah, he did have a little He got to out. close out a game, and he did. All right, uh, I'm going to ask you the next one because this is a question for you. Who Mm. would you want as the Giants' second baseman? Albies from the Braves. Ozzy Albies or Jazz Chisholm. Or Jazz Chisholm. Oh, my gosh. Because I know you you made a cocktail for Jazz Chisholm. Ozzy Albies didn't get a cocktail. Well, because I had to do the mixology dice. (laughs) And I didn't want to name this lame cocktail after him. 
Oh, man. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, man, they're both so flashy. They're both so cool. They're both so good. Jazz. All right. I'm going jazz. All right, I want, sticking I want with jazz. It. Yeah, I'm sticking with jazz. I, I'm going with jazz because he liked our Instagram <sighs> post when I tagged him with his That's drink. true. That's true. So, he did. He did. He did like that. His, his, that, his that social helps. media game is yeah. strong. I like I yeah, like. His jazz. social media game is very strong. That is true. <laughs> but I'm a big Ozzy Albies fan, too. But, um, yeah, I just like me some flashy second baseman, I guess. <laughs> All, All right. right. Uh, oh, oh yeah. I like this question. <laughs> Why, Matthew, did I have to be so right when I said we'd never be 100% healthy other than being so amazingly smart? <laughs> yeah, well, I think it has to do, I mean, blind luck, you know, a, a, what is that? A blind, a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then and... <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to be a genius to think that our old guys in the middle of a pandemic, you know, the things were going to always be in flux. But damn it, I wish you weren't right, because it has been uh, it's been hard. Uh, I watching. want you to know that's basically how I did. I was like, well, that's a bunch of old men. They're always going to be hurt. That was about the extent of my logic. <laughs> that all was right. It, is it? All right. All right. And then, and so, then I also figured Brandon Belt, you know. Hey. Yeah. You and I have both spent considerable time in New York City. Although I don't mm. know if we've spent a considerable time in a New York City hotel room, but mm. what would Solano be doing for over a week in a New York City hotel room? I mean, I'm assuming they let him out at some point to do, but but he's he's quarantined. So what is Does he, he doing? Does he get an hour of yard time? Yes, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he's run across the street to uh, to Central Park. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I imagine him saying at some point, "I was told the names of the videos wouldn't be shown on the bill." I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. The mini bar is gone it. at this point, right? I mean, he's just worked his uh, way okay, through okay. it. Okay, I imagine he's got the bed like pushed up against the wall. He's got the mattresses off. You know, he's standing by the door throwing the ball against the, you know. Oh, I like that because I figure how's he going to keep his shape? But I like that idea. Yes, yeah, yes. he's running in place. He's swinging in the, you know, I think I think there's like no furniture in there. I hope he's got a suite or something. Can they at least get a suite? I hope so. I'm sure that I'm I sure hope. the Giants did something. Yes, yes. Because in right. my mind, it's right. like it was in like one of those small little hotel rooms. But no, he's got a suite. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we still got a couple more things to do, right? Because you we do, we do. I mean, the, the you gotta, you gotta, ed- you gotta do some good editing. You gotta yeah. do some good editing. I'm gonna cut like to, most to, of the things bring, that you say out so to bring the time down. down. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. All right, let's roll those dice. What are we making today? Uh... I don't know. You know, there's the flip, there's the swizzle, there's... I mean, I just did the swizzle. Yeah, you gotta go, What about a sour? Uh... Well, the sours are simple. I like the sours. Um, uh, how about this? How about I just roll all the dice, and then I will just... Oh, I like that. Just roll it, and then you can choose what you want to... Yeah, I'll, I'll surprise everybody. Okay. All right, that's me. How many dice am I rolling here? That's like eight dice. All right. Here we go. All right. Ooh, it's 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 a tequila. Nice. And and it's going to be sweetened either with uh, with simple syrup. Oh, we're, we've got the uh, or. <laughs> I think this might be weighted. This dye might be weighted. The sweet vermouth. It's sweet vermouth. <laughs> it's sweet vermouth. I'm not gonna lie. Let's all right. I'm gonna let that hang. I'm gonna let that slide. Tequila let and that sweet be. vermouth. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, oh, but I'm a little bit bored by that. Uh, you know what? You know what? I'm going to switch this one over to one I haven't seen before. <gasps> what is this? Kumquat. 
Kumquat? I'm going to change this one, too, to something I like, something that's fun. I mean, sweet vermouth might actually just because I haven't done it. It's either that or almond liqueur, which is amaretto. Amaretto, yeah. Amaretto and tequila. Sure. Simple syrup. What other sweeteners do I have on here? Let's just fix this to get all the cool stuff. <laughs> you're just you're just making stuff up as you go along now. I mean, it's, yeah, uh, well, uh, you know, I mean, I've rolled the dice so many times. That's that, you true. Know, when I made this deal, I thought, oh, gosh, they're never going to do it again. And then it was like, nope. Then the home runs kept coming. And then Logan Webb was like, you know what? I'm going to start winning some games they, now. Yeah. I am as good as they say I am. All right. So we'll just keep this with simple syrup. All right. And uh, if I can just ever find it. There it is. All right. Um, and uh, okay. And then we've got rosemary. Sure. Why not? Apricot for something. And then, um, oh, I get to use whatever bitters I want. Well, that's good because this cocktail is already going to be just outrageously bad. Um, all right. Here it is, folks. It's tequila with simple syrup or almond liqueur. I have uh, kumquat as my citrus. Is kumquat a citrus? I don't even know. Like, I can't. I know the word because it's so much fun to say, but honestly, I. I'm having I a hard time picturing what a kumquat is. Yeah, I'm picturing one in my head right now, and but I'm pretty sure. It's like sure a little tiny we... thing that kind of looks like an orange. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Because what I'm picturing in my mind is a. Uh, what is that green one from New Zealand? A kiwi. Oh, yes. No, not that. Okay, so anyway, uh, that's that's the citrus. Uh, for I, I have a fruit that I can add to it, so that's apricot. Kumquats um, are I'm, the little tiny, they look like grapes, but they're like little oranges. Okay, all right. So good luck Orange grapes, those, but, uh, grape oranges. Yeah. Yeah. All right, got it. Uh, rosemary is my herb, uh, ginger as my spice, and uh, any bitters I want. I got wild for my bitters. Nice. Uh, that's, uh, I assume that means wild card. And not wild bitters. bitters. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, chocolate bitters it is. Uh, <laughs> all right. There you go. There you go. Um, so we're going to have some sort of crazy tequila cocktail. Uh, Ben's choice. Uh, I guess whatever I choose will eliminate some of these options. So, 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 yeah, there we have it. All right. Well, we do need to get going. So Bob's got one thing to say. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, folks, and Instagram at, at @giantcocktails. Follow Ben on Twitter and Instagram at watchbenfail. Uh, I'm the one behind the, uh, the the Giant Cocktails account, so just tweet at me and message me there. Uh, we'll look for our cocktail recipes. Although this week might be a little bit hard for you guys to make them, but uh, uh, but nonetheless, we will post them for your enjoyment. And Don't make mine from this week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. do it if you want, but like... Mm. I do encourage you to make your own shrub. That was fun. All right, but with that, we should probably call us a, a night. Uh, good chat with you, Ben. We'll see you next week. Go Giants. And uh, let's hope that we celebrate a good one this week. So cheers. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. <laughs>